Hello, and welcome to Writing About Dragons and Shit, a podcast where two authors and a writer get together and talk about the ways that they tell stories. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, your resident writer and podcaster from such shows as Difficulty Class and Champions of Lore, and with me each week are two amazing people who are. I'm Erin M. Evans. I write fantasy novels. I'm best known for the Brimstone Angels saga. B. Dave Walters. I say words about things I've known for agreeing to anything that is going to let me hang out with Aaron and Trevor. <laughs> And I took a sip of my margarita <laughs> at the wrong time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, legit, honestly, hand to God, today, I got a contract for a thing. Didn't ask for it, wasn't negotiated. They legit were like, here, sign this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. Mm -hmm. There you Do go. Do more things. Do more things. Do more things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm, I have margarita. This is a drinking episode, so we'll see how wild this one gets. Um but yeah, I'm, we're gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it medium though, folks. I'm doing this, 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 this time. It, it is a role reversal where usually I'm the one turning up and they're doing it medium. Today they're turning up. I'm doing it medium. Did you see this? I, I, I'm, I'm I didn't know they made these. I found um, cut water we, pina coladas. I mean, Cutwater should sponsor the show, man. Dude, like, we have water, but like They're, kindness. I, I I'm know literally go, I'm literally going to buy more Cutwater when we're done tonight. So yes, yeah. Or, or they shouldn't because that might be alcoholism and a sponsorship for me. <laughs> that if they're just like, I, we'll supply you with product. I'm like, ah. I wasn't just going to point out that you are the designated writing about dragons and shit extrovert, which <laughs> feels like it's your job to go to the Cutwater Distillery and be See, like, have I got a deal for you? I also think it would be great if there was a writing <laughs> podcast sponsored by an alcohol company. I just think that would be great. I mean, <laughs> from, from Hemingway on. You're the Hemingway Hemingway's. I mean. Uh, Don't first... tell me Hemingway wouldn't have a podcast. He would not oh, have a co-host. I mean, he would no. not have a co-host. No, he wouldn't. He would have a podcast, but he'd be one of those people that was just like constantly railing about how shitty it is to have a podcast <laughs> and like how bad the internet is. Yeah, he'd be that guy. I love it. Uh, I he'd love that, that so much. Mm -hmm. um, well, we, we are here true. tonight to talk about magic. Uh, magic. We all did magic hands, by the way. <laughs> I hope you heard it. We all uh, magic. <laughs> um and and not, and not really just specifically like magic systems and stuff because i know that's a big thing that gets talked about in in writing fantasy and whatnot but just kind of magic in general we've touched on this we touched on this with with keith baker talking about kind of the effects of it on world building and stuff but like, like what what do you how do you know you want magic in a book i guess that's a good first question that, you know, that talk with Keith Baker, if you haven't listened to it, like, kind of, like, messed me up for quite a few days uh, afterwards, um, as, I get he that. Is, as he is wont to do. Um, especially is it because he, he didn't have the hat on? Because that's what it was for me. That could be anybody, <laughs> could you know? Be fucking anybody. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Um, my, um, we're going through something similar right now with um, Into the Motherlands, where one of the things we decided, which is the game I'm the lead designer of, uh, it is a sci-fi Afro-futurist thing. And one of the things that we knew from the beginning was we didn't want magic as oh. it being primarily a sci-fi thing. I don't think those two things are exclusionary. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that we did end up including, at my own insistence, is psionics. Which mm. saying psionics is mm. different than magic is honestly moving the goalposts. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. You know? It really is. Yeah, because I mean you you have non physical influence over the physical world or you don't. It's neurology. You know? It's totally different. My, my mm. favorite my favorite thing is I was once told the force is not magic and I laughed for like probably five <laughs> minutes straight. I'm the first person to tell you that the Jedi are space wizards. Uh, wait, like, wait, wait. What yeah. is the force if it's not magic? They were they were so they were stuck on it. It's all about like mind stuff. It's all telekinesis and telepathy. And I'm like, explain the lightning. Wait, and wait, healing wait, back and it up. raising also, the dead. Yeah. Also, how is telepathy not magic? Right? <laughs> I mean, again, hey, hey. <laughs> I know the force is generated by all living things and unites and binds us. I know. I know. 
That's also magic. It's, yeah. all, it's, it's real magic. magic. It's magic. I mean, well, yeah. there's literally witches that use it that don't know shit about being a Jedi. So there's <laughs> that. Well, well, my favorite thing is part of this uh, conversation I had with this person was that them brought up midichlorians, and I was just like, oh, we're going to go it. there. Are no, we? we're done. No, <laughs> I'm like, like, no. Well, guess what? You now have biological magic. I haven't... I have a tangent in just a second. I was oh. just going to say, that would be my good day, sir, moment. <laughs> I said good day. <laughs> yeah, if they bring up midichlorians. Yeah. <laughs> I introduced my son to Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Oh, absolute yay. favorite is the... Um, is it the Star Wars uh, saga? It's my, the Star Wars one, yes. Baby Vanna someday. How later. many times I've heard that song in the last couple weeks. But Legally distinct. So... I, 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 he's like, wait, wait, this is the same song, but it's different. You can do that. I, I relate to your son really hard right now because I played that song on freaking repeat as a kid. I, oh, yeah. Somebody <laughs> once had American Pie playing on their phone and I sang the entire thing as the Star Wars saga and I pissed everyone off in that area <laughs> because they did not want to hear that song. No, <laughs> you no. made it better. Yeah. But anywho, we, so how do you, how do you, get, yeah, get, get back to the, the motherlands thing. How do you, what's going on with the magic there? Well, again, it, 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 I guess that's the question you got to ask yourself. Do, do you want a non-physical component to your world? Yes or no. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that that's, that's your first decision split, you know, because, uh, and then I think your second question is high or low. You know, is this mm. potentially world altering? Is this potentially solar system altering? Yeah. Or is it I can snap my fingers and the lights will come on? You know, uh, back to Keith Baker. One of the major design principles of Eberron is it was low magic, even though it was a and d setting. For the most part, the very high level stuff is rare to the point of almost being non-existent. But mm -hmm. the smaller stuff is incredibly common. Everybody yeah. has access to it. So, um you know, I think those are your two choices, uh, at least initially. And then that can manifest in infinite variety. But, you know, start with those two things for my money. At least. That's, th see, that is a good answer because my answer was I, I think magic is badass and I want some badass stuff happening in my story. Completely valid. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm so like I'm more interested in writing fantasy than anything else. So I'm like, it's yeah. just part of the yeah. like when you get the book idea, the magic is in it. Mm hmm. Um, because I like what I like, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a genre convention, but you can have, mm -hmm. you know, fantasy with relatively little magic, like oh, yeah. Game of Thrones, like yeah. Conan, yeah. you know? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, it, I think it's my turn to have a rant about Game of Thrones. <laughs> Let's go! Let the hate flow through you. I, the magic in Game of Thrones pisses me off. <laughs> because it is so it's so relatively small and like like it, it like you don't even see magic i'm trying to think when you actually see magic in the first season i think you see it like twice subtly and then in the the second season she's like oh bt dubs i'm gonna birth the shadow demon out of me real quick and it's gonna go murder this king <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I'm like, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in the books, um, you know, in the three books that exist, uh, there, there, there is a point that Melisandre makes that is interesting that mm -hmm. she's like, I do use flash powder. I do use tricks. I do use misdirection because real magic is actually really hard and people are stupid. Mm -hmm. They want to see me motion my hand by the fire and the fire grow and turn green. She's like, okay, I got, there you go. You know, I had this powder up my sleeve, yeah. but when I actually need the morning Lord uh, to, or not the morning Lord, that's Lathander. The <laughs> the um, oh, uh, the, uh, the, 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 I don't even uh, remember anymore. The, the, you know, Fiery the, the, person. The, yeah. The night is dark and full of terrors. Yeah, that, that dude, when, when, when I need that guy to do a thing, you know, it's actually hard so much. Yeah. So that actually culminated in, in a pretty interesting scene in the show, which hasn't happened in the books, which is literally why George R. R. Martin is dead to me. <laughs> that when she brings back Jon Snow, you know, spoiler alert, even, uh, uh, Rylor, Rylor, yeah, 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 Rylor, yeah, yeah. Even she's like, "Please do this, bro. Like, please, like, 
I don't even know if you're going to do this, but if you're ever going to do it, please do it, bro, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, and, and, exactly. I, and I get that. Yeah. It, for, yeah. for me, it is the degree of like no magic. Suddenly we got Jesus. Um, I mean, but in, in, a, in a manner of speaking, she was a cleric and not a wizard. I mean, yeah. the, the genius of the show that that did a thing that the books well no i guess this happened in the books too is you meet the white walkers right out of the gates yeah because they're not going to come up for a long time well we we've we've given props about that about how that sets up stuff so farther down the line that you need to know about it yeah but otherwise you'd be like why are there ice zombies this is the dumbest shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah um okay so so let let's say that you have decided that uh you want magic in there you've decided the the level of it you know and, and i do think that be what you're saying there about like the degrees of it yeah. of like is this world altering is this just everyday altering um or I, even just like once a week altering <laughs> well um, you, you, you also the reason why you got to lay it out pretty early is if you're not careful you'll write yourself into a corner where they can miracle their way out of anything Yes. Like if you think about it, in the Lord yeah. of the Rings, um, Gandalf does very little magic. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my favorite wizard in pop culture is Zedekiah Zulzarander in the, um, in um, the um, not Sword of Truth. Um, um, oh hell, my daughter's named after freaking Kalen, Kalen Amnell from the stories. Um, oh heck, Hold both Aaron second. and I are confused, and I'm sorry. Uh, I no. might have drunk my pina colada a little. Bit. <laughs> no, uh, you're good. Man, uh, yeah. uh, sort of. No, it is sort of truth. I was right. Oh, okay. Sort of truth. The Terry, the Terry, Terry good kind. Yeah, Terry, yeah. Um, the um, a wizard's first rule and all of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Zedekus Zulzarander is the wizard, and he does wizard shit. He throws fireballs. <laughs> he turns them invisible. Like I mean, he does things in a way that all Gandalf ever really did was shine a bright light and scare some Nazgul. You know. <laughs> And one time came up with some explosive pine cones, which is a druid spell. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> that, but, but, but I mean, to that point though, um, if, if you've established like, again, to use star Wars, the space wizards, space we wizards. see pretty early. I'm like, okay, you can move stuff with your mind. You can have a powerful effect on the weak minded. So now you've written into the story. Why we don't walk into every room, like, let us go. And they're like, dope, you know, um, <laughs> You know, some people can choke with it, but that's bad. Some people can shoot lightning with it, but that's really bad. You know, we can jump high, like, okay, you know, but it's not, um, they can't miracle their way out of everything. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. if anything, I would, I would caution you from the beginning to make sure that you put rails and constraints enough yeah. on your magic that you can now imperil, um, your, um, imperil your characters appropriately. Okay, so that that actually segues into I feel like the big question of this <laughs> episode, which is rules or no rules. Rules, wait, rules. Rules. I feel like you need some sense of rules. Um, and I'm someone who generally likes my magic to feel magical. Like I like it. Like we're using this, but we don't actually totally understand it. It's like you know. Mm-hmm. SSRIs. We think we know how it works, but we might be wrong. Um, <laughs> so, because we can't really, we can't, we can't look at it. We can't break magic down and look at it. Yeah. So, but it's got a fairly reliable pattern. And if the pattern breaks, that's cool too, as long as it's part of the story. But if your magic just does whatever you needed to do when you needed to do it, then you don't really have any tension. Because mm-hmm. as to be the point, like if they can miracle the way out of anything, then why are we doing this like yeah people give doctor who a hard time which again theoretically isn't magic but except the tardis works because reasons <laughs> and so on occasion it's like well this terrible shit happened let's go back and stop it it's a fixed point in time what yep. you know what i mean it's like well because time travel stories are really hard to tell without them turning into bill and ted mm-hmm. so every once in a while you have to be like this won't work because reasons you know yeah. but try and be vigilant of giving your reasons in an early and internally consistent manner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. But I do think like there can be a tendency to go, I need to make sure this works on like, if magic were real in this world, it would work kind of thing where you, you get a little too into the nitty gritty. And I, I mean, people, you can do that. You can have a really rigorous system. If that brings you joy, it, certainly brings some readers joy 
Um, but it is also something I have seen get in the way of telling a story. I mean, it's like any piece of world building. It should be there to support your story. It shouldn't be a thing you do instead of telling the story. Yeah. You know, as I've lamented in the past, I have a friend of mine, and it's always the same friend who way overcomplicates things. Is this the one that with the horror movies? That's the one with the yeah, horror movies. Yeah. Yep. You know, that it's like. Does he listen to this podcast? I really hope I mean, yeah. if I hope he does, so he can know to fucking stop doing that. You know, I mean. I was like, is this. <laughs> I have the common decency to not give his name. Okay? That's true. That's no, no, true. no, you do. But part of me is like, could he listen to this podcast? <laughs> well, but I mean, like, he's the dude that if you're like, okay, they're going to throw fireballs. Well, we need to explain why they don't throw ice balls, electric balls, or grease balls. Or I'm like, we don't, though. Let them yeah. throw a fireball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's fine. They Like, the readers will come with you on this journey. I, I feel like I've gotten better about it, but this was this was 100% me um and like it, it wasn't it was in a different way instead of me like oh why don't they throw electric balls or ice balls or anything i'm just like okay but like how does the flame start in their hand and grow into a ball and how does it know to stop at a ball size and you know it's the same thing like every once in a while you have people that really wrestle with like how a dragon breathes fire you know it's yeah. like well its tongue well, is a flint and the oh, roof man. of its mouth is steel so, and so, the so here's the flight flammable. of dragons flight of yeah. dragons is the the formative explanation that i got of that one and i'm like yeah i buy that your lungs yeah. are full of explosive gas there's a little note in the back of your throat that produces electricity there you go you're done but also like most stories, you're not going to stop and go, but wait, how it's, does that actually work? That That's why I got so irritated with myself because I don't do that. I'm not yeah. that guy. I don't care. I uh, find, but when like, I got to my uh, own stuff. <laughs> right. Like, I think there's two pieces here. Like some people really love that. Like if you really love that and you're like, I want to tell a story and I want to explain how dragons could really breathe fire. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Like do it and do it interesting. And we're all there for that but i think the other piece of it is like trusting your reader because there is a little bit of like so there, there's a thing that you sometimes see where people were like like the author sort of tried to tries to micromanage the reader experience mm -hmm. we talked about this with description right where it's like i'm going to make sure that the picture in your head is exactly the picture yeah. in my head that way mm -hmm. you are not going to go off the track um but you're actually kind of doing this balancing act between giving the reader enough information to sort of form the correct picture in their head to follow the correct story without overdoing it because at some point it gets boring and so some of these things i think are similar it's like if i don't explain this they might get the wrong idea mm -hmm. if i don't explain this they might throw the book and go i don't believe in this but you do have to trust at a certain level that your reader is picked up your book full of magic because they want a book full of magic yeah so when a guy throws a fireball, they're not going to go, but wait, how does he throw a fireball without burning his hands to go, yeah, I threw a fucking fireball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish well, I could and, throw fucking fireballs. Right. And, and, and you know, as, as the things we've said before, I think internal consistency is important. Like yeah. we mm -hmm. all accept that Bugs Bunny can produce a mallet from behind his back and hit somebody because he's Bugs Bunny. Superman can fly and shoot lasers out of his eyes. We're like, okay, dope. Superman can't produce a mallet from behind his back because we'd be like what that's not superman you know <laughs> like you just yeah. have to establish the rules and stick to them and yeah. if for some reason you break the rules everyone in that world should be like what the fuck did you just pull a mallet from like what right? what <laughs> you know? yeah yeah. God, that would be an amazing Snyder cut. Henry <laughs> 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 Cavill just bam, boom, just boom, just on just bomb Beat doom. Stephen Wolf with his... Exactly. Yeah, he's like one lump or two. Boom, boom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the flash to the back. All right, this is fucked up. Yeah, like, like, I have a number of questions now. What yeah. you know? Yeah, I I, I do think also. Um, I mean, there's something to be said for being tongue in cheek about it, but I think mm -hmm. for the most part, unless unless your story is very, very, very much about the fact that it's like, well, this works and we don't know why, and we're just kind of going to go with it, a la Bill and Ted. Mm -hmm. Again, I think mm -hmm. that's kind of the difference between a Bill and Ted and a Doctor Who, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, that Bill and Ted is not at all taking time travel seriously, although I would submit that perhaps they take the repercussions of time travel kind of seriously. Um Doctor Who is trying to take it seriously in the fact that like we're going adventures in space and time and affecting things um 
is important and we should be mindful of that you know mm-hmm. so so what what do you think are some some pitfalls when putting when when making the magic for your book that you think that some authors might fall into like again the the whole going too deep on how the magic works i think i've said on the Mm -hmm. show before the moment i got down to okay but how does this affect the atomic level i started screaming at myself out loud (laughs) i i I think that you know the thing that you always got to remember and we run into this a lot in vampire you know because uh in in vampire the mass the people are like well how is this like this because this how is this like this because this how is this but you keep digging you're like it's fucking magic man yeah you put some blood in a corpse, it gets up and has superpowers. Like, I don't know what Ta-da! to tell you. You know? It, 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 it's, it's like, it, at some point, either you're here for it or you're not. Either this is yeah. for you or it's not for you, baby. And I'll, like, put it but, down. Well, because if it made total sense, it would be actual reality. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. that's how it would really work now. So yeah. it's within the constraints of the world that we've all collectively agreed to. Yeah. It's like this. You know, if you're like, Every red-haired woman can heal by laying hands on someone. Okay. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. You're like, <laughs> All right. She get it from her mama. Got it. You know? Mm-hmm. And if your story is about that I'm the one black-haired man that can do it, and everybody's like, what? That's a compelling story. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So i i kind of want like because you, you were bringing up the the miracle themselves out of it which i mean is the day of sex machina thing mm-hmm. and i feel like this is kind of a good time to talk about that which i feel like is one of the biggest pitfalls that authors can fall into when it comes to magic yeah of yeah like you were saying like the the all of a sudden they got some better spell or something like that and that saved the day when that wasn't pre previously established. So how do you, how do you go about like, I've almost gone to the point of being like, I don't want my magic, uh, anything in my magic system to be the thing that solves the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, that, that can't always be the answer. So what, yeah. what do you think is a way to balance that? I think that whatever solves the problem your character should work for it like there should be a cost and maybe that cost is we have to try really hard and fail at a bunch of things before we get here um maybe you know maybe it's a maybe it is a sacrifice in a classic sort of sense i could give this up in order to do this um i lose my innocence because i'm gonna try this terrible terrible magic that we've established i can't I shouldn't be doing like those are all viable options as long as you're not like oh also i forgot i know meteor storm like this is this is one of those things too where um there i feel like i definitely see people who i've seen people who write books who really love really high powered characters yeah um whether I'm, that's i'm literally game. on the phone i'm on the call right now <laughs> it's Aaron. usually well, people who like in a... your fiction specifically mm. is like a and it's true a limitation right like that's the thing it's like some people love it and so then it's just like this arms race mm. right because you need to face a threat that's uh that's a challenge it can't just be like you know Oh no, help us. We're swarmed by dryer rats. And your 20th mm-hmm. level character rolls in. Like, <laughs> if it be a shitty DD game, it's also going to be a shitty novel. Doesn't always go the other way, but uh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> it needs to be something that that is actually challenging. And there needs to be effort and, and some, like, <sighs> sacrifice is a big word, but it is, you do need yeah. to kind of like, give up something yeah. um, in order to do this, right? Because, like, Beat is going to say, what? Sacrifice is the measure of heroism. It could be a lot of things. Um, uh, yeah. So the that I think is a big part of it. Like it, it shouldn't be like, ha ha, I tricked you. I had this all along. That's the kind of thing that 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 feels bad, right? Or mm-hmm. you know, if you're like, oh no, it's so hard. But this god I get my power from says, don't worry. Here's a bigger spell like okay yeah was this worth reading about 
Um, I don't know. For me, I'm like, that's why I like magic. It's very, very limited in its application. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, to, to Tolkien's credit, when the Lord of the Rings, when Gandalf shows up, the first thing he does is fucking leave. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's like Frodo head, you know, head to this end. Somebody's going to be there to help you. I got to go do something else completely. So that when the Nazgul <laughs> show up, it's a problem. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, but to, this to is, your, this is like the fantasy version of you kill the parents in the YA yeah. novel. So they can't solve the problem. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to, to your previous point though, three of my favorite archetypical characters ever uh Anakin Skywalker, uh Raceland and Arthas Menethil, I all love for the exact same reason. They're all the dude who really meant well pursues yeah. this dark path <laughs> even though everybody's like, "Bro, maybe don't." And he's like, "No, I got this. It's fine." <laughs> Narrator voice, it's not fine. <laughs> and then, you know, usually there's a redemptive element at the end. I think Raceland, I mean, Raceland still ends up in hell, but I think he realizes he deserved it. Uh um, What is Raceland from? Uh, the Dragonlance. Dragonlance. Right, right. Dave, I knew I knew the name. Tangent. Have you seen the Dragonlance opera? I'm no. sorry, the what? I'm gonna care about race on the twins. No, we, no, it's the 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 time of the twins, the test of the twins, uh-huh. with Chrysania and all that. Uh-huh. There's a Roman, there's a Russian opera of test of the twins. And I, it is amazing. Now I must the, it is, it out. Yes. The, the top Google result is wait, hang on. There's a Russian Dragonlance musical. <laughs> we watched it on the Dungeons. We had like a watch party on the Dungeons College Discord like a month or two ago. And it is, it is everything I wanted it to be. <laughs> I, need, I need to check that out. Caramon Kar- and Raceland are basically, uh, Raceland is Anakin Skywalker. Caramon's not Obi-Wan, though, because Caramon's um, a muscle boy. He's a fighter. And he's <laughs> and, and Raceland is the wizard, the wizard, uh, wizard, wizard boy. Uh, they're not so different from Havilar and Farida. Was that in any way an inspiration? Farida doesn't no, go didn't. bad. Is it just coincidental? I didn't really read Dragonlance in a formative time. Sure. I read it when I was uh, proofreading. <laughs> I read some of them when I worked at Watsi and I was proofreading, which is, however, I will say this. This is where I realized that uh, there's a certain strain of sword and sorcery that really should be described as sword and soap opera. And yeah. it's dope. And yeah. a lot of Dragonlance is straight up fucking soap opera. Uh, that's true. Oh, that uh, makes me want to read it more. In, in Elven Nations, no, it's, it's a great Elven story. Nations trilogy is like the trashiest soap opera, but with elves. Well, well, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to spoil it for you, Trevor, because again, it's okay been like it's it. been like thirty years. Yeah, but I, I mean, because you know, the, well, the first few stories, it's like Raceland, are you okay? And he's like, No, nah, I'm good, I'm fine. And it's like narrative, but he really isn't. But, you, <laughs> know, it, it, you find it, it's a long road to get there, but he does mean well. He is trying to help, and then it's just sort of like, but I've kind of been consumed by the dark powers like, now, and here we are. He's like, no, yeah. no, I'm fine. He's like, yeah, I, I, you say that, but the Tuscan Raiders, the women, the children. <laughs> He's like, maybe they shouldn't have been there. Maybe they just should have given me the book when I asked for it. Yeah. Um, but I, but I, I, hate, I, I, I really I, do hate that you describing it as sword and soap opera makes me want to read it more than anything else. Oh, that's completely we got, valid. We got a change of earphones. We got change of earphones. Emergency completely change. Completely valid. Here, I'm gonna clap to help you edit. I'm probably not gonna. It. I'm probably not gonna edit it out because screw it. Okay. No, there it is. Sorry. You, you, you know what we're actually like. Going weird, and you guys are breaking up a ton. Oh, screw that! It sounded like you were having a really good time. We were, and then I heard you say, "I'm not gonna lie, you were describing it as sword and so Barbara," and then, yeah. So it, I don't know what you were saying. I, I said, I said it, it made me want to read those more than anything else I've ever heard. Oh, that is like, that. If anything, if there is anything from Dragonlance that I took as inspiration, it is holy shit! You can write sword and soap opera. That's Brimstone Angels. It's open sword and soap opera. Now. Like, lit- like right? literally, I watched Twin Peaks. I went in there wanting the weird shit, and I stayed for the soap opera shit. So, like, right? <laughs> your personal conflict, love yeah. triangles, yeah. secret babies. Oh yeah. Oh That's my god. You know, yes. uh, what what what, uh, what I will tell you, um, Aaron, and mm-hmm. again, mild spoiler for you, Trevor. But I mean, again, this is literally like 10, 12 books in. I yeah, mean, like, whatever. like there's a bunch of these books. If I get to that, it'll what, be a miracle. There's, so there's a character called Bumpo who's a gully dwarf, and gully dwarfs are dumb, and she loves Raceland, and just loves Raceland, and 
at one point for reasons why I won't reveal. Uh, and, and everybody realizes something's going wrong with Raceland. And like, are you, he's not okay. And there's Tasselhoff Burfoot, who is a kinder. He's the sweetest boy. Like in many ways, freely is Tasselhoff. I didn't mean it directly. That's just the way he worried. But, but Tasselhoff's the sweetest boy. And Tasselhoff always believes that his buddy Raceland is good. You know what I mean? Like Raceland is fine. I, I love him. We can trust him. And Raceland fucking kills Bumpo. Uh, and when he kills Bumpo, Tasselhoff, he has this moment where he's like, oh, our friend is lost. And it's like heartbreaking because mm -hmm. the one who always believed in him has to be like, oh, no. I am not. I'm not. So, gonna, oh, God. So I didn't hate Jar Jar Binks because I thought that was going to be Jar Jar's role. I really did. I thought Anakin was going to start sliding and everybody was going to be like, there's something wrong with Skywalker. And Jar Jar was going to be like, no, my friend is fine. And Anakin was going to do something. And you were going to have Jar Jar be like, oh, no, I, I really thought that. That's instead, why I didn't hate that character. Instead, they had Jar Jar res be responsible for the entire Galactic Empire. He um, is responsible for the whole Galactic <laughs> Empire. Thank I you. always point that out to people. They're like, that character was so stupid. I'm like, you know, he ruined everything, right? Like, Dave, I this is why we're friends. That's why yeah. <laughs> so correct. I have so passed correct. you both uh, the um the YouTube link to The Last Trial, which is the oh Russian Dragonlance musical. You should make sure you save that. Oh god, it's, I will. It's haunting, oh, I'm sure. Um, oh wow. I I really oh, enjoy Oh Jesus. Oh, oh and it's really, subtitled. It's subtitled, yeah. I really enjoy how much this opera makes clear like there's Raceland sings this song to Chrysania, like, no, it's cool, baby. I don't, I don't want to be with Takesis. I'm just using her to save the world. I would like to be with you instead. And it's like, yep, so opera. Listeners, I know 100%. I said this episode is gonna be about magic, but this might be <laughs> I a, mean this might be a watch magical. along now. <laughs> That's still oh, I gotta watch it. And the performances are are quite good. Like they're they're really into it and they're talented singers. And like the way they manage to represent the magic using like coordinated dancers is really cool. Ooh. Um like it okay. is it is a that fun watch. It also really does emphasize how much Dragonlance is a soap opera. That actually brings me to a good question. Haha, -ha, listener, I looked at the cameras if you could see me. I, you thought that that was just a massive tangent that was going to go nowhere. How do you go about representing magic in Fireballs. a book? No, I'm kidding. Fireballs that that doesn't that doesn't go in that doesn't go all the way into like breaking immersion or 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 getting the people to the point of asking like, okay, wait, how does that work? Like, how do you represent? Because like. Most recently, visually, Wheel of Time, I love the way they represented magic with, with the threads coming in and everything like that. Like, and I don't even, and I read the books, I don't remember that being in there. Um, so in it, like going to the description part of it that we were talking about before, how much is too much of describing the magic? Um, for So, I mean, I think it's too much when it stops being interesting which is mm. very squishy i i like the thing i like to describe about magic is less the effect and more what does it feel like to use the magic mm. um in brimstone angels frida oh, is a okay. warlock and so there's a lot of sort of feeling that connection to the nine hells and choosing to pull against it and what does it feel like to have that kind of magic flow through you Especially if you're not someone who's like, yes, evil powers, kick ass. Um, yes, excellent, good, good. In um, Empire of Exiles has has two magic systems. One that's entirely like a magic tech. Like it, people don't. You you take a thing and you make it work. Um, you don't do anything. Um, you just have to know how to do the engineering around it and mm -hmm. then the other one is you're born with an affinity for a particular worked material so for example there's a point of view character who has an affinity for ink so she can sort of talk to ink um so cool. what does it feel like to talk to ink like what you know what can she 
tell from it? And, and what does it feel like when the ink peels off the paper and like slides under her fingernails and stuff like that? Ah, like, <laughs> sorry, fingernail shit gets me every time. I'm you sorry. know what? Fun fact readers, easy way to get people to have a visceral reaction. Talk about fingernails. Oh, no, Aaron. Keep no. it fast. Su- can I tell you, this is a tangent. Who's it Susan? Is a pop. Yep. Susan. Susan uh, told me once, Susan J. Morris, friend of the show, told hey. me once she was, running, she was running a D&D game and like the way that it was set up, and I don't remember the specifics, but the way that it was set up, there was basically like the whole thing would end if they went through this door um, and, and she didn't want them to go through the door right away. So when they examine the door, she's like, there are scratch marks down the door and there are oh, no. two fingernails no, stuck in no, the scratch marks no. and they fucking ran no. from that door Mm-mm. until it was time they had to open it. Because fuck no! <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate it. Keep Ugh. it fast! Fingernails make people go, oh. Uh, hot, hot, hot tip there for you, listeners. <laughs> The how you make people feel things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's the part I'm more interested in. Like the external effects, those are important, right? That yeah. that does make it under make you understand like how do other people um react to and perceive this. Yeah. But what grounds it for me is very much like how does it feel to to use this magic? Yeah. I just read the second book of the Scholomance series by Naomi Novik, uh, where mm. it's basically like it's like Harry Potter, but if it was horrible and a little bit. That's how my wife else, described it. Right? It's like this. So basically, there's wizards in the world, but there are also all these creatures that like to eat uh, wizards, but they can't eat grown-up wizards. That's hard. They know oh, magic, but children great. are very easy. Oh, so. Geez. About the time that kids become particularly like magically resonant and very attractive to these uh, Maleficardia, they send them all to an extra planar boarding school. Except now all the Maleficardia are like, oh, that's where they are. Like, that's the delicious oh, handful cool. of delicious wizard children. Yeah, it's quite good. And the main character is someone who had this prophecy told about her that she's going to be this horrifying, like, evil wizard that will destroy <laughs> all the enclaves. Uh, so the, the school keeps giving her like these incredibly evil spells that she immediately memorizes as soon as she sees them. And she's like, I'm not fucking doing it. She's very cranky. But anyway, like what is her experience? What book series is this? Golomance. It's um, Naomi Novak. Naomi Novak's books. The second one's called The Last Graduate. I am so blanking on the first one for some reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're good they're very good I, I forgot the book series my child is named after so don't feel bad <laughs> <laughs> um well well th- this this doesn't make me uh think of a, a question though for you b dave when it comes mm-hmm. to to comic scripts and movie scripts how do you go about depicting uh magic like do you just leave it up to interpretation of the people that will be using it or what do you know do? i meant visually but like um well uh, again you know recall that um a deadly education you've got it here's here's what i can tell you during uh, a darkened wish i can tell you two mistakes i made when i first got started writing world of warcraft fan fiction one of the (laughs) things one of the notes i got is my story seemed too much like playing wow and I was like, I feel Funny like that's that. the point, but okay, you know. <laughs> um, so when I did a darkened wish, you see them casting magic spells, but they never ever say what it is they're doing. But mm-hmm. I knew, mm-hmm. so I would put in the script: she casts meteor swarm. It oh. looks like this, you know. They cast guiding bolt. It looks like this. Um, so every spell you see them cast, not only did I keep track of what they were casting, I kept track of their spell slots. I know you did. Ah, That's so nice. good. So if over the course of the battle, if I was like, she can't do this more than once, they don't. Um, I, I, you hadn't even told me that before. I just know you well enough to know that you yeah, did man. that. <laughs> 100%, 100%. I was like, don't come for me, comment section. You know what I mean? Um, so... Um, yeah, I, I, but I would say on a practical level, if um, if if I were writing a screenplay, I might say something like she holds her hands up in uh, a small beam of fire appears and hurtles out and explodes into a gigantic fireball, mm-hmm. knowing 
that they're going to do what they do with that from an effects perspective. Like unless yeah. it's important that it's yellow or red or that it, you know, hits you know, here, you know, unless that's important, you don't say it. Because remember yeah. in a script, you say the minimum, the minimum necessary in a script. In a comic, you have to say it expands into a reddish yellow fireball that consumes all the targets in front of her you know like if you have a good relationship with the artist you can maybe yeah. say less if you trust them to do more but in a comic if you don't put it in the script it will not appear on the page yeah so you have to be like six magic missiles yeah fly out they are mm -hmm. crackling blue that straight that curve through the air and strike unerringly killing their target you yeah. know um so you have to give that that level of description I I did realize I also have the cheat code for pack antics where I can just say cast guiding bolt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think okay. that's a good point too. Like if you have a system where it's like, these are the spells and the spells are cast and the spells are the same that you, it behooves you to describe them in distinctive ways yeah. so yeah. that your reader knows like when I, you know, like when Frida says Adoesto, she's casting Eldritch Blast every single time. And it's going to be bolts of purple crackling energy and it's going to leave little purple embers behind. Mm -hmm. um, that when shit gets real, real, real and she says Lacerac, there's going to be a bunch of souls that rip out of the ground and start pulling people down. Wait, God, I might be so mixing them up. That might be the lava event. I don't know. It's been a lot of time since I read it, and I've had half a pina colada. So, mm -hmm. but at any rate, that this that the that this is a magic system where there's a trigger word, where there's a gesture, where there's a result, and those yeah. are the same every time. So you know what's happening when it's happening. Yeah. And to be Dave's point, like if there are limited quantities, like if you can cast this spell this many times, like. You know, it's like knowing how many bullets are in a gun, right? Yeah. If you establish for your reader, and this is another point, you know, to, to kind of go to like when it's a day of ex machina and when it's Th not. This was literally my next question. So you're doing it perfectly. Oh, great. <laughs> so like, if you know that I can rip a volcano out of the ground three times and I've done it twice, right? I've only got one more. I've got to wait for the perfect moment to rip the volcano out of the ground. The volcano is not a deus ex machina because I am using, I am working at it and yeah. I've already established how many times I get to do this. Yeah. Um, I better have a threat that's worth ripping a volcano out of the ground. If this is like a heated HOA meeting, I mean, it might feel like you should use a volcano for that, but like maybe give it a real threat. Um, but yeah. yeah, so like establishing the difficulty of it and the frequency of it ahead of time gives you that opportunity to use the tension of oh no now we must use the last volcano and we can't fuck it up the last volcano is the name of the book that is um, the name of the yes. book i i uh there is a book series that i read which is as listeners may know the know the way that i am about to say something bad about it uh it's uh yeah the, it, it essentially came down to i got tired and it was like and that one for me I'm always like, but yeah, you can, you, you dictate how tired they are from the magic that they use yep. and it may not be the same every time. Yep. And so I, I, I always have this struggle with myself whenever I read a book series where it's just, it's the energy that you put into it from, from your body. And they always got that last bit energy that they push into that spell. <laughs> and that one for me is, is tougher to to be like to, to not feel the deus ex machina of it mm -hmm. of where it's like well of course you you put the last bit of power you had into it because that's because what you... it's the last second to last chapter yeah exactly um but i also know that like i i i feel like the the, the very the last we have a different story mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh where the the hard reverse of this is if, if you did a book where you were trying to basically explain D, &D spell slots huh? in the narrative that would be too much <laughs> i mean yeah it, 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 it... Well, what's interesting is most fantasy, at least that I've read, and I've by no means read at all. No, I haven't even read as much as the two of you have read. There's three books me behind you you haven't. <laughs> First of all, they can't even see me. Okay? <laughs> That's the, like, what's behind I'm, you? It's the Mistborn series. It's the Mistborn series. Oh. It's, it's over here. Yeah. Only two of them are behind me. One of them is in my backpack. Oh. I go places oh. and then don't read. Um, it's okay. I have like I mean, 20 behind me in the other room. I'm just saying, you just at me. Okay, fine. Um, I mean, 
I, no, honestly, man. that made me forget my point in my umbrage. I don't even know where I was going. I don't even know what I was about to say. Never you want mind. me to talk a little bit till you get yes, your, your please. So speaking as someone who's had to translate D and D mechanics into fiction, um, there is an art to it because you really don't want people going, "Oh, she missed her role." Right. Like I have absolutely edited fiction where I was like, okay, so he took the dodge action here and it's real obvious. Oh um, no. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is it's, it's kind of interesting because those mechanics are built to attempt to describe the kinds of things that might happen in a combat. Right. You, and then you have to kind of pull it back and, and redescribe, like, like untangle it from that. Um, and so there are things right where, yeah, okay. The magic wears you out. Um, and you have to establish like how much it wears you out or, um, that you can't it's like, like man, I feel like I need or, a rest, a long yeah, rest, a long rest. Um, and, and some of that too, I mean, it, obviously if you're doing your own stuff, you don't have to worry about it. Um, because like there are rules where you're just like I'm not going to dick around with that because it's it, there's no way to do it in a way that's not really gamey, um, and if people wanted to experience a game they'd go play the game, and I think that's a big part of it too where like you you want consistency you want people to be able to expect on a certain level what's going to happen to believe in it. Um, even though they, you also want them to be surprised by it, but you don't want them to feel like, like, ha ha, fuck you. Um, and so you don't need to get into that level of nitty gritty. Um, if it's inspiring rock on, if it's not, don't touch it. But, but yeah, I mean, there are things like, okay, if magic costs you like it's exercise, actually, this is a thing I like about the Stalamet series a lot is that, um, so they cast magic they have to build up mana to cast magic or they can kind of pull a little energy out of other life forms. Like maybe mm. you're just going to suck the life out of a bug. Um, the main character, Elle, she doesn't, she's pure mana because she's like got this prophecy. She's going to be a terrible necromancer. If she pulls off people, she's going to suck them dry. So in order to build up mana, um, you can store it in these crystals and you have to do things you don't like. So she exercises a lot and she no crochets shit. and she does things that are unpleasant. I'm going to find this book in my house tonight Trevor, and start reading it. I think you would enjoy it. <laughs> I need to read this. So, okay. So we've established like magic is a, is a resource. Yeah. Um, it is, it is finite, but for some people that, that, um, that well is much larger than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what do we do to get more magic? Okay. We do like sit-ups, <laughs> but of course at some point the sit-ups become easy. So we have to do something else Yeah. Um, that you're always chasing that level of discomfort. So you've made it sort of difficult to build more magic. Um, and you've, you've established that rule. Okay. Um, when you run out of mana, can you cast more magic? You can, but now there's a higher cost. You're going to be stealing life out of something. Um, and so this, this, this is rules, right? But it doesn't feel like you have to get out a get out a book yeah. to to track get your it, d6s right? together it doesn't yeah. feel like yeah it doesn't feel like i have to click my spell slots to make sure they're fulfilled because that's a different experience right yeah. i want that experience when i'm playing dnd i want there to be rules for the things i'm going to do or i want them to you know yeah. i mean there's things i want to do in dnd where i don't want someone to get like roll for it right yeah. if i'm gonna have a heartfelt rp conversation i don't want someone to make me roll yeah but with another character with another player character um if i'm being heartfelt with an npc and you want to make me roll to be interesting or something okay fine but mm-hmm. that's different anyway that's not the point the point is like there's a certain level of like rule establishment that even if you're writing something that is based on those rules there is a squishiness that is necessary because this is a different experience, right? Reading the Brimstone Angels novels is not playing a D&D game and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be because yeah. you go to D&D to play a D&D game. And why would I try to replace that with something that is an imperfect copy of it? Similarly, a novel is, if you want a novel, you should read the Brimstone Angels novels because D&D is not going to fulfill that particular yeah. role. Although you should watch Court of the Raving Queen if you're missing it because it's excellent live play at a fanfic, basically. Yeah. <laughs> B Dave, did, did you remember the uh, the thing that you were going to say before I absolutely rudely interrupted you? And uh, I vomited a bunch of words. No, but I honestly, you kind of made the point that I made. That I mean, for the most part, it's um, uh, 
most fantasy stories are not like anime where they scream fireball and then cast fireball. <laughs> you know? So. Hadouken! Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ezra yeah. Metreon Zenthos. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did think of that when Aaron was saying the the names of the spells. Um, okay, so well, Aaron, you, you answered this kind of for yourself when you're talking about Empire of Exiles with there being sort of two different systems. How do you feel about there being multiple magic systems in a book? Do you feel like there's a limit to how many there should be? Should they be connected in ways or can they just be standalone on their own? I mean, if anytime you add something to a world, it's it ought to affect other things in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be that like the they don't bump into each other in particular and that's fine. Um, but knowing there's more than one way to do things means that people are going to be evaluating what's good for what, and then we're going to choose. Right. Um, and, and so I don't mind, again, it's like anything in world building. Um, you need to know how to handle it and how to express it in a way that adds to the story without being like, you know, what's the, what's the thing? Like, let me tell you about my character, right? It. (laughs) Like, let me tell you about my world is the is the sort of fantasy novel equivalent. Like, yeah. and your world's probably really kick-ass and cool, but it it needs to support your story. So if your story needs multiple magic systems to get it across, if that's part of the story or even part of the world that makes your story make sense, I am for it, Okay. right? And I don't know that I would say there's a hard limit. The hard limit is how many things can you get across and and have it help you tell a better story um at the point where you are explaining eight magic systems to me instead of telling the story you are have chosen too many things what, what, because what, that's not valuable what is the thing well, nobody wants to read b dave you are ten thousand years of back history there it is <laughs> um the uh, yeah but i mean again it's one of those things that I think you kind of got two choices where if you're going to go the multiple systems route, I mean, again, because you can always go the like, you know, there's wizard magic, magic and divine magic, magic. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you can. Yeah. Um, or you can go the Star Wars way where there's lots of ways to interact with the force. OK, mm-hmm. but it's all basically the force. Or you can go the Avatar way where you're like, those people can command fire and those people can command Earth because reasons. But hey, this one special kid can do it all. What? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, there, uh, I, 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 I don't I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. If I remember to post it uh, when this episode goes up, I will. There is a panel from years and years ago at a convention with had a bunch of fantasy authors on it that was specifically to talk about magic systems and i don't remember what the first question was but the first answer was i just want to start this off by saying ev- the thing that everyone on this panel is thinking fuck avatar for making that awesome <laughs> magic system and none of us thinking of it first <laughs> fair, fair. i really love yep. that i think that's another thing is like the if you have a magic system that can solve problems and generally magic systems solve some sort of problems, having multiple magic systems that solve the same problem. I want to, I kind of become curious why they all still exist. Right. If, if there's like, you know, but it's happened 4,000 years ago when this stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like this is a sidebar thing. And I had a mini rant about this on the, well, I, it was a, it was a collaborative rant on the discord and the dungeon scholars discord about like the 10,000 years fantasy, like history where it's like 10,000 years ago, this thing happened. And I get it's a trope. And I get that sometimes it's still fun, but I'm like, and then nothing changed. Like literally oh my nothing God. changed. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. That like, bugs the crap out of me. Like, do, do you guys like look at human history for the last 10,000 years? And like, let's just start at a really basic level. Like if you talk to someone 10,000 years ago, How's that going to go? Mm-hmm. It's going to go shit is how it's going to go, right? Gonna, like, find a city. A find a city that's 10,000 years old. Guess what? I don't think there are any. Because we move <laughs> around because the landscape changes. Like, it's not a thing. And I no. get that that's a fantasy trope. And it might be. And, you know, if it's your yum, I'm not going to yuck it. But I do. It does drive me a little bonkers. And especially if it's like 10,000 years ago, a problem happened. And now we're going to solve it. <laughs> it's like, 
what? Just shrink your damn timeline. 50 years ago, a problem happened and now we're going to solve it. Guess what? That feels a lot more reasonable. It's true. Yep. It's true. Uh, well, we are uh, getting towards the end of our time for this episode. Any last thoughts about magic? I, again, think think of the uh, the consequences and repercussions. You know that especially if you want um, this to kind of grow over time. Uh, if you start off your story with, you know teenage one punch man you know that he can touch someone and they drop dead okay uh, understand you know what i mean like you have some yeah, problems where do you go with it go, yeah. you go from there yeah that is so. a good point don't walk in don't go in thinking i'm gonna write a trilogy i'm gonna write an eight book series oh my yeah. guy, you like, don't have to call out 10 years ago trevor that hard okay <laughs> I mean, 10 years ago trevor had to had to crawl so that now trevor yeah. could run it's true so. exactly as, as all, uh, believe me, all of us went through this phase. Yeah. You know, actually, that's another thing. That's a thing I would say. Like, you know, magic could be anything. Like, yeah. and so I, I mean, I wrote a book where it's about like, I talk to ink and bone and um, bronze and I get crabby about it sometimes. Like, I built a magic system that's based on what it's like to have an anxiety disorder because I thought it sounded interesting because it is and and like that's kind of a thing is like there's a lot of what what we know as magic from what we like in fantasy and that's all really cool but if you have an idea and it's bananas guess what magic is the place to have the bananas ideas yep right magic like, bananas that's the name of the episode magic bananas <laughs> <laughs> write it down like yep. it's there's so many possibilities and fireballs are cool and they're always going to be cool but you know if you're yeah if you want a a world where someone can grow banana trees because they think about it hard enough like you could probably <laughs> tell a story with that and it would be really cool because because it can be anything it can be anything there are no rules about it except what you make up Yep. But so, once you make them up, stick to them. Yeah, yep. there's that. <laughs> Don't last minute be like, also apple trees. Yeah, again. <laughs> we solved all the problems. Yeah, again, yeah. If, 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 if you're like, we're the banana mancers, stick with it. <laughs> unless, unless the story is about there's suddenly an apple tree. If the story is yeah, about, true. If you're why banana can that mancer, kid make apples grow? Man, you know what? That's actually a good point. If your yeah. banana mancer story ends with and the 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 scion suddenly grows an apple tree, guess what? You picked, you started your story at the wrong point because you yeah. should start the story with and the scion grew an apple tree. Yeah, like, and you're like the, the what apple the heresy. Fuck? Yeah, right. <laughs> Everything changed when the banana nation attacked. Exactly. I think my next book title is the Apple Heresy. For the record, yeah. Um, should I call it the I Heresy and just mess with everybody? Yeah. No. Uh, I Heresy come into stores this fall. Yeah. Oh my um, god. I love it. I like weird magic systems, and I think there's yeah. more of them. I'm completely with you that if if you're gonna wonk it out, wonk it out then. Because the Make problem is if you're like you know i'm i'm telling a hard science fiction story you know and everything that i'm saying is is accurate within the confines of physics that's a hard carry it's a hard carry you know yep. i mean you know interstellar kind of did it but even that's debatable you know but i mean it, it's it's a much harder carry than like we can travel faster than light because i said we can yeah you know <laughs> and you're like done yeah, this this movie has a, a lot of real world physics in it. Doesn't somebody go through a black hole? Slap a love sticker on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, they like skim along the lip of one. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to wrap up this episode. Friends, where can people find you and what awesome things are you working on? You can find me on Twitter at Aaron M. Evans. You can join me with these guys on Champions of Lore every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific uh yeah okay that was all the right words yep uh you can also join we're me. three quarters of a margarita now. <laughs> it's mostly gone <laughs> um you can join me on concentration check a co-writing space on twitch.tv slash dungeon scrawlers uh we're on tuesdays for the rest of march 
at 1.30 p.m. So you can come join me and get some work done. Um, you can also watch me on Dungeon Scrawlers on that same channel, which is an actual play with a bunch of fantasy writers. And on Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific, you can join me for Idol Champions Presents Quarter of the Raven Queen, DM'd by our very own P. Dave Walters. It a me. Where I play Frida from Brimstone Angel Saga. And I'm just there to emotionally traumatize you with characters you created. Mm-hmm. And but I'm there to, to explain to the other amazing. mods what's going on. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, having your it breaks dad breaks my your, heart that none of them have read this. Everybody's like, "What the fuck is this?" Having your dad, <laughs> having your dad and your boyfriend fight in front of you, I was like, "That's its own unique hell." Right, that's right. The, that was what did I, I say? Did with, Sword and soap opera. Yeah. That's why. That's why I did that with Lorkin, where he's all like, "Show him." He's like, "Oh, I'll show myself," and you're like, "No, don't." You know? Like, okay, let's go, dude. Yeah. Um, I would just like the record to show that Erin uh, M. Evans in general and her laugh in particular are actually magical. They they have healing capabilities. That's you know, the real uh, magic behind this episode. That is, that's the real magic is the Aaron we found along the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I seem to owe it to the world to drink more pina coladas, so I laugh yes. at you. And getting lost in the, the rain. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> caught in the rain. Caught in the rain. Yeah. There you go. There um, you go. Uh, sorry, y'all. I'm black. Uh, <laughs> Walters, I do all the things <laughs> that Aaron just said I do. <laughs> and I do that. That's the thing I do. And I haven't even started drinking. I'm getting to it when we're done here. So there you go. Yeah, that's sorry, it. Sorry, that one almost killed me. <laughs> oh man. Whoo. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can you can find me Dave on all all the places at all the times and all the things. Uh, sure. you can find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There is an A hiding in there. But uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice. Once again, that five star button is the only one that works. Don't try the others. If you have any questions, why even or would top- you try? right why would you you monster uh if you have any <laughs> questions or topic suggestions you can send them to writing about dragons and shit at gmail.com and if you'd like to keep up to date on the show you can follow us on twitter at about dragons but until next week go write about some dragons and shit <laughs>